Hi, I'm Carmen LaBurge. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBurge. Your daily encouragement that God has the world in the hollow of his hand. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBurge on Faith Radio. If we're gonna fly, we fly like Good morning. Good morning. I'm Carmen LeBurge. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen on the Faith Radio Network. Um, thank you so much for including us in your day. My uh, my first question this morning is, where in the Word are you today? Let's be people who are in the Word of God um, and let the Word of God get into us before we get out there into the world that God so loves. In just a moment, we're going to be speaking with our friend Daryl Crouch about uh, Pentecost and the passage of Scripture in Acts chapter 2. Um, about, you know, the coming of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to talk about being people of Pentecost. What does it look like to live into the living word of God? A couple of headlines um, as we jump into this day. You will remember that um, Oregon, some time ago, a couple of years ago, 2020, I think, decriminalized drugs. Uh, And there's now enough time, uh, enough time has passed to bear out the evidence that um, that was a poor choice. That was not a good decision. The decriminalization of many drugs in Oregon uh, has failed uh, because overdoses have not only skyrocketed, but successful overdoses. I mean, not, I mean, successful is probably the wrong word there. Overdoses that have resulted in death. Um, and so even though there has been um, a surge in the use of um, Narcon to bring people back after they have overdosed. There has still been a 120% increase in overdose deaths, 700% increase in overdoses, 120% increase in overdose deaths. So um, I would expect Oregon to to change its laws if it actually values its people. But we'll see how that goes. In San Francisco yesterday, um, voters did put an end to one of the country's uh, most uh, maybe interesting experiments in criminal justice reform. You will remember that um, the person who was elected to be their district attorney uh, did so on a platform of eliminating cash bail, uh, holding police not only accountable, but downsizing the police force considerably and uh, substantially reducing the number of people sent to prison, even those who um, had committed Crimes. I mean, obvious crimes, like verifiable crimes, convictable crimes. His name is Chesa Boudin. Um, he is a progressive um, individual, and he has now been removed from office. The people of San Francisco voted yesterday, um, and he will no longer be um, be serving. Uh, that recall election was successful. Yesterday afternoon, as I was uh, driving to the airport, I... Um, I heard Matthew McConaughey's speech um, that he delivered in a kind of surprise appearance at the White House afternoon press briefing. If you haven't heard it yet, let me encourage you to, you know, Google it, go find it, listen to it, watch it if uh, if that is an option for you. Um, Not only do I think that he 
said things that are important for us to hear about those who lost their lives in the mass shooting at Robb Elementary School in Uvalde, Texas. Matthew McConaughey is a native uh, of Uvalde, and uh, and he and his wife, uh, Camilla, have been there in Uvalde with the families, just grieving with them in their homes, in deep personal conversations, um, coming alongside his neighbors and friends, people that he knows uh, generationally. Um, so the the going, the showing up, the incarnational aspect of you know, of jumping in your truck and driving to the place where people are in pain who you know and love, but also the sitting with them and the listening. Those are good witnesses and good testimonies. And then he brings forward stories um, of, of the lives lost um, that I think are really critical for us to hear as well. And so, um, you know, the, the overwhelming majority of us will not be able to attend any kind of service for those who have died. But the the eulogies offered yesterday, and I'll describe them that way. The eulogies offered yesterday by Matthew McConaughey are certainly worth um, hearing and knowing. Uh, and then, you know, I think as a responsible gun owner, he made a good, uh, good case for uh, the way we can both respect the Second Amendment and and be pro-life in terms of the consideration of um, uh, this crisis that we're in as a country. All right, Pastor Daryl Crouch is going to join us next from Everyone's Wilson. We're going to talk about moving from the living word of God into living out the word of God. It's in our um, series on scripture where we seek to apply it to life in tangible ways. We're going to be talking about living in the power of the spirit of Pentecost. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Pastor Daryl Crouch is back from Everyone's Wilson. Good morning, Daryl. Carmen, it's great to be with you. Good morning. Well, good morning. It's wonderful to have you with us. All right, so Pentecost is um, is a particular day. It's also a particular season in the liturgical life of the church for those who um, follow you know, that calendar. Um, but it's an event in history, and it is recorded in Acts chapter 2. So can you remind us of what the Word of God says about what happened on Pentecost? I'd be honored to. I, I think um, it's, it is an event in history that you mentioned. I, I think that's really important. It's not an idea or a, a frame of mind. Uh, it really is a historical event that points to uh, uh, God fulfilling his promise uh, that Peter talks about, uh, quotes from Joel and um, the prophet Joel. And so to explain what had just happened as uh, disciples were still gathered in, in Jerusalem and um, people were there uh, celebrating um, a Pentecost and uh, from all kinds of places, speaking all kinds of languages. And the spirit of the living God fell upon them. Uh, the promised Holy Spirit came in uh, fire and in wind, and uh, they began speaking in different tongues, in different known languages in this case, and uh, so that they were able to understand uh, and hear the gospel. What's really interesting to me or encouraging to me is that uh, all that God was doing through his spirit uh, in uh, using nature and creation, uh, in using language, in using people, uh, all of it 
uh, was to make much of Jesus and point people from every nation, tongue, and tribe uh, to the redeeming work of Jesus. And uh, I think sometimes um, we we can debate the work of the Spirit, and it can kind of create some some uh, interesting conversations. But ultimately, the triune Godhead are working in concert to point all of us, every person uh, on the planet from every ethnos uh, to the saving, redeeming work of Jesus. And so that's what happened at Pentecost. And Peter stood up. Um, it is so fun to me. This is a little bit off off base maybe, but or off, off our conversation. But Peter's growth and sanctification, I believe by his spirit, uh, is seen here in Acts chapter 2. And it continues through Acts. And we see God continuing to to work in Peter's life and uh, the spirit bearing witness of the saving work of Jesus through Peter. But Peter stands and explains what happens. And again, quotes from Joel um, and uh, walks through um, God's promise to his people. He says, hey, this is what God has promised and this is what he has done. And um, uh, many people, um, thousands came to Christ that day. So when we talk about Pentecost, we are talking about um, Acts chapter 2. And so if you haven't read it recently, I encourage you to um, read Acts chapter 2. Um, it, it does come from uh, a, a Greek derivative of the word for 50. So it's the 50th mm-hmm. day following um, Easter. And so that's something to know about Pentecost as well. Um, what arrives on Pentecost is the Holy Spirit, the promised Holy Spirit. And so just as Daryl has just said, you know, God promises the descent of the Spirit through the prophet Joel. Jesus also teaches a lot about, talks a lot about, gives a lot of promises related to the Holy Spirit. So um, when we come back, we're going to talk about the person of the Holy Spirit. Uh, that is the Spirit that arrives on Pentecost and enlivens um, the disciples of Jesus Christ, transforms them, begins a process of sanctification, uh, and bears out this evidence, this fruit um, in their lives and in our lives as well. So continuing the conversation with Daryl Crouch about the spirit of Pentecost and living in the power of the spirit of Pentecost next here on Mornings with Carmen. Continuing our conversation with Pastor Daryl Crouch. Um, Daryl, before we return to our conversation about Pentecost and the person of the Holy Spirit and get to know the person of the Holy Spirit a little better, Jim in Simsbury, Connecticut uh, says, hey, what's the basis for everyone's Wilson? Is it everyone is Wilson? And if everyone's Wilson, then who am I as Jim? So, <laughs> uh-huh. Jim, I love that. Uh, we <clears throat> We get that question some. So, yeah, we're in Wilson County, Tennessee, so we want this county to be where everyone can thrive. And so uh, we want everyone fed, everyone free, everyone safe, and everyone ready. So Wilson is for everyone. Yeah. I love it. Uh, if you want to check it out, everyone's Wilson. So it's just like everyone and then plural, everyone's Wilson.org. Um, so, Daryl, talking about the descent of the Holy Spirit, the arrival of the of the promised Holy Spirit on Pentecost, 
Um, you know, so this gets us into a conversation about who is the Holy Spirit and what is the Holy Spirit and what does the Holy Spirit do and how can we tell that the Holy Spirit is present and active and um, and what is the Trinity or who is the Trinity? So pull any of those threads you would like to. Yeah, I love that. Well, Jesus said before he left, and we, we read the Great Commission in Matthew 28, and he's preparing to uh, ascend to the Father. And he says, lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the earth. Well, he's not physically here. Jesus is not on the earth, but uh, he is with us through his spirit. And uh, the Holy Spirit, the third member of the Trinity, uh, is with us. When Paul says, Christ in you, you is the hope of glory, uh, the, the physical uh, person of Jesus is not inside of us, but he is in us and resides in us through his spirit. Our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So everyone who has moved from death to life in Christ, and you can read in Ephesians 1 and a lot of other places, we have been sealed. We've been filled and sealed by the presence of the Holy Spirit. We are secure forever. Uh, we are in him uh, and he is in us and, are, and and he abides in us. And so um, our life is in him. And so everyone who has been born of the Spirit, as Jesus said, it, as he was speaking to Nicodemus, um, everyone who is born again um, has the Holy Spirit residing in them. It's the promised, it's the promise down payment of God uh, to secure us and, and uh, which he will make good on that down payment uh, at his second coming and we will abide um, with him forever in heaven. And so, uh, but uh, until then, the Spirit of God is with us. And so Paul would say this, this is a, um, uh, an active presence of God in our lives. So the person of the Holy Spirit, and again, the, the Holy Spirit's not a force. It's not, a, it's, it's not an idea. It's, it's, it's not a philosophy. Uh, the Holy Spirit is a person. Uh, and so we have a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. Uh, we have a personal relationship as he relates to the triune Godhead. And so uh, the Trinity is probably a bigger conversation than we have time for today. But, uh, but Paul told the Galatians, listen, I, I say then walk by the Spirit, and you will certainly not fulfill or carry out the desires of the flesh. There is this um, reality that the Spirit of God gives victory to us, allows us to walk in the life that we have already received in Christ. We're not in heaven yet. We are in this already but not yet season. Uh, but there is victory uh, as we walk in the Spirit. I, I was thinking this morning as, as I was walking the dog and preparing for this message or for this, uh, this conversation, um, religious freedom is very important to us. It's, a, it's a very important to all of us as we think about living out our faith. But um, there, there's, there's something that's not ever against the law. And I know it's a, Paul was talking about a different law, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. These are the things that the Spirit of God produces. And um, many of us are contending for, you know, we, we contend for religious freedom, yet we're, we're, we're really not walking in the freedom that is already ours um, in Christ through the Spirit of God who's pressing out through our lives. And so uh, we have a lot of freedom, perhaps, that we don't quite live in because we, 
we don't uh, step in or lean in to this relationship that we have with the Spirit. We are not alone, Carmen. Mm -hmm. We are not doing this in our own strength. We are not trying to obey the Bible or live on mission with Jesus or live out our faith in the public square uh, alone and in our power. The Spirit of God dwells within us, ministers to us, translate the scriptures for us, uh, prays in prayers that we cannot verbalize and takes our prayers and the, our heart and lays it at the foot of, uh, of the Father. And um, uh, so the Spirit of God is active in us to allow us to be who we have been recreated in Christ to be. So this active work of the Holy Spirit, it's going on right now. Like, right, and, and what God desires is that I would be cooperating with the Holy Spirit today and that in every moment I would yield and say, all right, Holy Spirit, I know you got something in there that you want to do. I know you'd like to bring this thought, uh, you know, uh, under Christ uh, into conformity with the will of God. I know that you want to um, change the way I'm feeling right now about this situation or this individual or this issue before me. I know that the um, that the way, Holy Spirit, you would like to be manifesting within me right now is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. And I am not feeling those feelings right now. So help me, help me. Like, right, it's the Holy Spirit is that available. I just need to be that conversant. Absolutely. And I think much of the anxiety and anger and kind of contentious spirit that we experience, and I know the last few years have been difficult and lots of different reasons, but much of our anxiety, uh, I think, is born out of, of our, um, it could be ignorance. We just don't know that the Spirit of God is so present and real. It could be that uh, we're, we're not um, taking initiative and in engaging, as you said, in a relationship with Him and, and, and voluntarily cooperating with Him as we open His Word. And uh, the, the same Spirit of God who inspired the Bible is the one who has preserved the Bible and has uh, uh, then uh, allows us to understand the scripture and then apply the scripture. He opens our eyes and our hearts as we open his word and allow him uh, to minister to us and we surrender to him. Uh, we, we do cooperate with him and he does change the way we think and he does change the way we respond and he does uh, provide peace that surpasses all understanding. And but there is a there is a uh, responsibility that we have. You know, Paul went on to say, if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. There is this active cooperation that we have as we walk with God. Uh, all right, so I, I got to fill you in here in the last uh, minute or so we have together um, because. <clears throat> the people love you, and they have all kinds of ideas now about everyone's Wilson, and they want to know if Wilson, yeah. uh, the sporting goods company, maybe is a corporate sponsor, and if not, they should be, and they should be supplying you with volleyballs, an endless number of Wilson volleyballs, <laughs> so that you could use them yeah. and sell them at, at, at auction. Maybe people could decorate them. We got ideas here. Hey, it, it looks like the Wilson... Uh, volleyball from the 2000, uh, you know, t year, the year, um, the film Castaway looks like it was sold at auction for $308,000. Maybe Daryl could have people make some everyone's Wilsons and auction them off to support the ministry. There you go. I love that idea. Uh, people and are Tom full. Hanks, 
Yeah, Tom Hanks is is one of our sponsors, so that'd be awesome. Yeah. Okay, I feel I feel like Tom Hanks should be talking about everyone's Wilson holding a Wilson volleyball. Like I, I do too. I don't know. I'm Good feeling time. like I'm feeling like that might be inspired this morning by the Spirit. Those are great ideas. All um, right, First Timothy yeah. one seven. The Spirit um, of God uh, works within us, doesn't make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self discipline. Um, Daryl, thank you so much as always for joining us. Um, helping us not only see the Word of God, but live into it as the people of God, bringing the living Word of God to life in our lives. We really appreciate your joining us. Uh, it's a joy, and thanks to all of you for tuning in. We'll talk to you soon. That's Daryl Crouch at Everyone's Wilson. We'll be right back. All right, if you were to uh, tune in this morning to the Denison Forum at denisonforum.org, you would see an article um, posted there under the current events section about abortion activists interrupting worship at Joel Osteen's um, Lakewood Church service last Sunday in Houston, Texas. Um, You can read that full description there at denisonforum.org. Great place to go for the headlines of the day. We're going to talk next with the executive director of the Denison Forum, Mark Terman. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. Uh, oh, Paul is pointing at the clock, which means I'm supposed to keep talking, not rush up. Yeah, give it about another minute. <laughs> okay, so let me tell you what happened. So, because uh, I was thinking that I needed to rush through that. So abortion activists showed up at church on Sunday, which you would say to yourself, well, that's fantastic. No, they showed up to be disruptive. In fact, three women stripped down to their underwear and began uh, shouting in the middle of the Lake uh, Lakewood Church sanctuary, my body, my choice. They were eventually um, escorted out, but it did take some time. And it, it leads me to ask several questions. First of all, you know, is there any sanctity left? Um, and is there any respect for spaces and places of worship? It reminded me of uh, the red paint that has been thrown onto the doors and the graffiti painted along sides Um, many pro-life pregnancy centers across the country, including the one in our nation's capital in Washington, D.C. There is a vandalizing violence. There is a disruptive spirit. There is a, a sexualizing. I mean, why would you strip down to your underwear and and go into a worship service unless what you were trying to do was be offensive? Like that that's the only reason you would do that. And so um, I think that this spirit of offense um, is one that we must not be tempted to respond to. um, And we must be tempted to or we must be encouraged by the presence of the Holy Spirit to confront the spirit of the age. And um, and that being said, one of the partners in ministry with us is Denison Forum. And so we're going to talk next with executive director of the Denison Forum, Mark Terman. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaBerge, and this is Faith Radio. Well, normally this is when we talk with Jim Dennison from the Dennison Forum. Today we are um, privileged to welcome Dr. Mark Terman to the program. Um, Mark, welcome to Mornings with Carmen. 
Good morning, Carmen. Thank you for the opportunity. I uh, am just honored to stand in the place of Jim Dennison. I am, I'm not Jim Dennison, but uh, I'm honored to be representing him in our ministry today. I know. I love that. So tell us um, a little bit about who you are and how you ended up doing what you're now doing with the Dennison Forum. Yeah, I am a native Texan, East Texan, which uh, we believe is the prettiest part of the state, depending upon uh, how much you know about our part of the world. Uh, raised in a large uh, Roman Catholic family the first decade of my life, uh, born in the early 60s. Uh, about the time I was 10, my family dropped out of church uh, around several disappointments that I learned about later. Uh, had a brush with a couple of other faith groups in my early teens, but then uh, met a couple of people when I was 16 years old, and God just started stirring questions in me, uh, ironically, from a movie that we were watching, and that led to a series of conversations. One of my friends gave me a Bible and said, uh, start reading here about the story of Jesus in Matthew Mm -hmm. 1, and let me know if you have questions, and And so over a period of six, eight months, those conversations just evolved and grew and uh, made a commitment, personal commitment to Christ uh, in the spring of 1980. Uh, My friend invited me to church soon afterward. He hadn't done that until that time and went to church with him and experienced what uh, evangelical worship was all about for the very first time and was just captured by the whole experience. This church was very joyful, very dynamic, and very much focused on not only sharing the gospel, but growing people in their faith. Got involved in student ministry there in a lot of different ways. And then as I entered college, sensed a call to ministry, really felt like God wanted me to pastor churches or pastor a church. Uh, That led to school and to training, and over the last uh, 35 years, pastored four churches in various parts of Texas, the last of which was uh, in my hometown of McKinney, just north of Dallas, for 25 years, and uh, about eight months ago, stepped out to join one of my former uh, professors, Jim Dennison, who's also a friend and a mentor, and uh, started working alongside of him here at Dennison Ministries, helping to build cultural missionaries uh, and to try to make a difference in the world through this uh, significant ministry. Let's talk about um, the term cultural missionaries. We all know we live in a culture that is dark and broken in so many ways, but there are a lot of folks who don't necessarily um, see themselves as intentionally placed here by God at this point in time to be his missionaries, his agents of grace, ambassadors of his kingdom in the midst of this culture. What is a cultural missionary? Well, I think it is right in line with what we see in various parts of scripture. Like so many of us, uh, I love the Apostle Paul. He just seems to be the biblical writer that so many of us resonate with so well. And I love what he says in 2 Corinthians 5 about us being ambassadors for Christ, representatives for Christ with this very beautiful, comprehensive, yet concise message that God made Jesus who had no sin to be sin for us so that we could become the righteousness of God in him, that we get to be that representative. And it feels like to me, Carmen, that for most of my life, uh, and certainly the time that I've been in ministry, that we've taken more of a position of being cultural warriors, uh, that we are trying to either gain power or maintain power in certain ways, and that what we've 
forgotten is, is that we are ambassadors and missionaries and that it is not about us uh, having places of power. God may grant that, God may give us that in some ways, but our greatest power is in the message that we get to deliver and the ministry that we get to perform. Uh, I love when I read uh, Ephesians, I, I was reading it in Eugene Peterson's paraphrase, and he said, you know, the church is not peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the church. And we've lost sight of that, and we're trying to seemingly grab back uh, or try to get to a place of power and influence where we're quote-unquote winning, rather than focusing on the ministry and message of what it means to be a missionary into a culture, bringing light into places that are dark and broken. Hmm. That's so good. I mean, the fact that the message of the gospel is winsome means we will win some, but that's a different winning. That's a different winning and that's a different kind of power um, than, than the world is, uh, is selling or inviting us to, um, to, to seek to have. We're talking with Mark Terman from the Denison Forum. Um, We're learning a little bit about Mark. We're uh, learning um, some about his ministry over the course of years and his ministry now with uh, the Denison Forum and our friend Jim Denison. Let's do this, Mark. Let's, um, Let's have you unpack some of the concerns you have in terms of trends in the culture today, maybe places where you are seeing um, Christians and or um, others really living at odds, living in opposition to what you know to be the kingdom principles, God's good design for life. Yeah, I think it revolves around two or three things uh, as I think through that, Carmen, uh, one of us is what we were just talking about, the idea that we don't want to be cultural missionaries, um, because those things involve uh, Christians deciding that they will be servants, and as they serve, that they're willing to sacrifice for the kingdom of God and for the ministry that God puts in their hands, and then if necessary, they're willing to, to even suffer for it. Uh, we don't want to wrap ourselves around that kind of an idea because that doesn't seem strong to us in many ways. And so that starts to, to bring about what I would call one of my main concerns, which is just the, the pervasive problem of disbelief. We just don't mm-hmm. take God at his word and trust what he says when he tells us this is the best way to be. And as you said, the gospel is winsome and we're not presenting it as the attractive message that it really is, an alternative kingdom uh, to what the world is offering us. So it really, first of all, is just the pervasive problem. The easiest thing it is for broken, sinful people to do is to not believe. Um, The second thing that really concerns me is just how deceived we can become in our culture, Um, especially around things like sexuality. We know that Uh, That is a very big battleground in our world. Uh, We're in the midst of of, uh, experiencing uh, the emptiness of the sexual revolution over the last 50, 70 years, uh, and we're deceived about it. And and I'm really concerned about how younger generations have decided that the world is right. Uh, So many Young people, especially, or even including uh, Christian young people, say that they believe that living together before marriage is is all right, that it's legitimate, that uh, sexual activity outside of marriage is not really a big deal. And there's a lot of deception around that. 
And then I would say, you know, and, and you'll notice I'm alliterating because that's what I do as a pastor. But um, the last one would be just distraction, um, mm. that we are in a very affluent culture uh, and Christians in America particularly experience a lot of the benefits of that affluence. Um, and it's so easy for us to, to be that kind of soil that Jesus talked about where uh, the seeds of the gospel fell among the thorns and the thorns choked it out because it was about decept- It was about distraction. We got we have so many alternatives to pursue that we crowd out what should be most important in our, in our life, which is our relationship with Christ and knowing him and doing his will. We just get distracted with all of the other things that the world is throwing at us. Mm, that's so good. All right. Uh, we're going to take a brief break and then we're going to return to our conversation Uh, with Mark Terman from the Denison Forum. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen on Faith Radio. Picking up where we left off in our conversation with uh, pastor and theologian Mark Terman. He works now with the Denison Forum and our friend Jim Denison. Um, Mark, as you think about the kingdom of heaven. I mean, if we're ambassadors of the king and the kingdom in the midst of the kingdoms of this world, then, you know, we should be really familiar with what the kingdom is like, what the king is like. Are there principles or aspects of the kingdom of heaven that like sort of rise to the top of your list of like, I really long to see these things realized in this uh, mission field where God has planted me? Yeah, thanks for the question. I think two or three things come to mind. Carmen, for the last, gosh, I don't know, several months at least, uh, God has drawn my attention to what Jesus said in his prayer just before he was arrested in John 17, when he says, this is what eternal life is. Eternal life is knowing God and knowing me as his son. Mm -hmm. And what does it mean to deeply, intimately, daily, uh, and consistently, what does it mean to know God in that kind of thing that Jesus was praying for, that kind of oneness that he goes on to describe in that prayer, that that's really what the longing of our heart is. Um, Solomon said, God put eternity into the hearts of people, that what we long for is to be deeply connected with the God who created us. And then out of that, we start to experience what it means to have an identity that comes from that relationship. This word identity is such a huge issue in our culture. Uh, Who are we and why are we here? We have all kinds of alternatives that are being offered up to us about what our identity should be or can be. And God offers us the only legitimate true identity that will sustain us, that will give us joy and peace and meaning And we keep trying to find that identity in some other place, some other way. Um, My mom, even though she went on to have eight children of her own, was an adopted single child of her parents. And uh, as I think about her story, I think about what it must have been like for her uh, across her nearly 90 years of life to, to think of herself as an adopted person. And that's Another one of those words in scripture that's really held my attention in recent months is just the whole idea that God chose us, God adopted us and claimed us and gave us his identity. And then out of that, we get to experience and can experience a a growing experience of 
the kingdom of God, of the righteousness of God. Uh, and that righteousness is, is not an oppressive thing. It's uh, a beautiful thing that we all long for. We look at our world and how confused and broken it is. And we're like, how can this be made right? How can it be made to be beautiful the way our hearts long for it be? Well, that's the righteousness of God coming in, the, what Jesus talked about in the kingdom of God that we should pray for. Yeah, we do. We, we pray um, that things here on earth would be as they are in the kingdom of heaven. Um, I, right. I think that, Mark, there are times that we imagine, you know, well, God's, God's going to do that, and he's going to do it at the end of time. And we are resistant to seeing how he's doing it right now in our midst. Talk about the power right. of personal testimony. When I asked you to share a little bit about yourself, you instinctively told me about the way in which the path by which the people through whom um, you came to know God. And if knowing God, if being introduced to God and if introducing others to God through Jesus Christ is what we're here for. I mean, if that's uh, the king to whom we're bearing witness and the kingdom um, of which we are ambassadors and representatives, then how we tell our own story and testimony is a huge part of this. Talk about the power of, of that. Yeah. And I, you know, they've said for years, you've probably heard this before that, you know, nobody can argue with your story. It's just your story. Well, I'm not sure that's true. Pr plenty of people will try to argue with my story or your story from one vantage point or another, but it, it is the beauty of sharing uh, kind of like the man that we saw in scripture. I, I don't know everything that there might be to know about Jesus. I just know this. I was once blind and now I see. And that's kind of all of our story as Christians is this is the change that Jesus has and that Jesus continues to bring into my life as I get to know him better, as I get to know him better in prayer or in uh, scripture or in even conversations like this, I think a lot of it comes through our interaction of fellowship with other believers, but it becomes, this is what God has done to done in my life. This is who I was, but now I experience a sense of direction and purpose. I have peace that uh, I, I didn't have and didn't understand before. And what we are in many ways uh, or should be are walking advertisements, walking billboards to the to the beauty and, and power of what Jesus can do in a person's life. If you uh, will come to know him and if you will follow him in humble faith, he will make good on his promises. He will bring that sense of joy and peace, uh, a sense of, of contentment that cannot be found in any other thing. And that, that becomes our story. That becomes what we have to share with the world, not to force belief, on them, but to invite belief and inspire belief in them. Um, that's what we have the opportunity to do. Why else would God leave us here and not instantly take us to heaven uh, as soon as we become his followers? It's because he wants us to be kind of those trophies of grace that inspire and guide people into a relationship with him. So, Mark, um, first of all, thank you for the testimony that you just gave um, about lifelong discipleship, because one of the things that I want to celebrate here today is that having spent 35 years in pastoral ministry, you're not done 
pursuing Christ who is yet pursuing you. And I love that. Like, I, I love that you bear witness to um, what it looks like and means to be a person who, yes, is saved, but saved on purpose and for a purpose, and that, that a purpose is not fully accomplished. Like, you're still here, and so God not only still wants to use you, but God still wants to woo you, drawing you ever uh, closer into greater intimacy with himself. So thank you for that. Thank you for um, the way in which you share that uh, very effortlessly, uh, probably without <laughs> giving it too much intentional thought. So um, thank you for being real with us today. We really appreciate it. Well, thank you for the opportunity to share. Have a great uh, regard for the ministry that you're doing. And I have gotten to to know you a little bit through Dr. Jim and look forward to having more opportunity to do that. And it's just a joy to get to share. I, I can't believe that God's put me in this opportunity for this season of my life. I enjoyed most of what pastoring uh, is all about. There's always a little bit of challenge, but uh, enjoyed being a pastor for those 35 years and just thrilled to get to be in this phase of not only ministry, but as you said, where is God going to take it now? Where, what, what is he trying to teach me? How is he trying to help me know him better? And I think that's, that's what the focus of all of our faith ought to be about. I love it. All right. That's Mark Terman. You've now been introduced to him. You can check out what he's working on at denisonforum.org. In particular, uh, he co-hosts the Denison Forum podcast. So check that out as well. You might find somebody there um, who you know. I, I might have been on there recently. So Mark, as always, thank you so much. You guys are listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaBurge, and this is Faith Radio. Are you living with the expectation of the uh, unexpected, anticipating miracles, knowing that with God all things are possible? That's the way I'm living today. I'm Carmen LeBurge. This is Mornings with Carmen on Faith Radio and the Faith Radio Network. Um, thank you so much for including me in your day-to-day. Ooh, in your day-to-day, in your day-to-day, and in your day-to-day. Mm, I like it all that. works. It, it all, all works. works. I like the playing with the words. Mm-hmm. 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 So I um, want to encourage you to be in the word of God today, wondering where in the word you are. For those of you who might be listening for the very first time, um, that's one of the things I like to ask each and every day. So where in the word are you today? In the next hour, we're going to be in Genesis not just chapter one, but in Genesis, in the story of creation. So the opening mm, nine or 10 chapters of Genesis with Dan Darling. Uh, and we're also going to be visiting with Angela um, Fulton about reforming journalism. Journalism certainly needs to be reformed. And we're going to talk uh, with Angela Lou Fulton from Taiwan, actually, about um, how journalism can be reformed, how you and I can be a part of that in our own local communities and the free equipping available to help us get started. So who are you praying for today? What are the issues and concerns you're praying about? I'm going to encourage you to be praying with us here at Faith Radio as we make some uh, some leadership transitions and some technology transitions. Uh, God is on the move, expanding the reach of the ministry um, generation to generation. And I don't know, there's something like now like 80 countries around the world tuning in via the podcast at MyFaithRadio.com and on the Faith Radio app. 
it's actually been kind of fun seeing where some of our stuff is heard. In places like Ukraine, you think people are preoccupied? Well, we, we had some conversations with people from Ukraine, and that's probably why they tuned in. They wanted to hear what we're saying and what's being said to us, which was mm. really cool. Yeah. So um, if you support this ministry, you know, thank you. This is listener-supported um, ministry, and it's expanding all the time. And so I just want to be mindful today that the way the Word of God now goes forth over the airwaves is dependent upon listeners like you who contribute financially to the ministry. So thank you to each and every one. You're doing ministry today. You are doing ministry today through the Ministry of Faith Radio in spaces and places where you and I will never set physical foot. But because of the the power of broadcast ministry, God is reaching into hearts and delivering hope uh, all over the world. So Good morning, good afternoon, good evening to those of you listening everywhere. Um, and thank you. Thank you to those of you who are a part of this ministry team through your financial support at MyFaithRadio.com. Um, if you've never given and you and you say, you know what, I'd, I'd like to give a gift today, you can text the word GIVE to 877-933-2484. You'll get a little bounce back message to a secure website where um, you can where you can give and participate financially in the ministry. It does change the way you listen. changes the way you hear what's happening um, when you recognize that you are a part of it and you're helping to make it happen. So thank you to each and every one of you. Um, we love you. We appreciate that you do your part and give us the privilege of doing our part as well. Hey, thanks for those of you texting in where in the word you are today. And thanks for being with us right here at Faith Radio. We got another hour of Mornings with Carmen up next. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Mornings with Carmen LeBurge from Faith Radio. If you haven't, you can subscribe to automatically receive the podcast through iTunes or the Google Play Music app. That way you never miss an episode. It's also available anytime at MyFaithRadio.com.